Hello, 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 and welcome to Real Talk, Real People, Real Conversation with Charmaine. Thank you, audience, for being present today and always at 4 p.m. to listen to me and my guests as we talk about deep conversations that's relevant with life issues to uplift, motivate, empower, and stimulate our thinking to help bring awareness to whatever situation that you or I may be going through towards living our authentic self where we can stand in our truth and live a peaceful and happy life. So today's topic, we are going to talk about empower the youth with life events. And I have Ms. Lori James, the founder of Purpose Youth Foundation, speaking about the importance of what it means to empower the youth with life events by being an advocate for the young adolescent girls from the age of 9 to 19. We'll hear what her organization has done by providing outreach service to prevent many youth girls from falling between the cracks of experiencing low self-esteem, teen pregnancy, dropping out of high school, and uses of drugs and alcohol, and being involved in criminal justice system. So today I just want to say thank you for allowing the opportunity for me to share some of the information that can help us and help our families. So before we bring on Ms. Lori James, I'm going to tell a little bit about her. She is, again, the founder of Purpose Youth Foundation, Empower the Youth Age Girls through, men, through Mentoring While Teaching Etiquette, Education, and Explore Them Through the World of Life Events and Travel. Ms. Lori is a travel agent and the world travel who realized that travel is one of the best learning experiences. Ms. Lori is also a certified mediator and has mediated case between at-risk youth who were in service conflict with their families or with criminal justice system. She was able to bring these youth to a peaceful resolution with their families or victims and help to positively turn their lives around. She's also um, skilled at managing people and bringing out the best in them. She's a wife, a mother, and a grandmother. So with that being said, um, also I want to just say I have an affirmation that I wanted to share. For those who know, I have a book on affirmation. So I wanted to share today's affirmation. And affirmation is, is I am loved and equipped with the resources and the knowledge that I have with the hope to inquire more each day so I can pour into my children and the youth that comes across my path each and every single moment. So with that being said, I would like to bring on Miss Lori James. Hello. Miss Lori, are you thank you. Yes. Hello. Thank you so Hi. much How are you for doing? having me. I'm doing great. Oh, oh, it's wonderful, wonderful. It is an honor to have you. I know you have a busy schedule, so I just want to thank you again for taking the opportunity to even be on the podcast. And so, uh, oh, thank so you how, how are you? Oh, you're more than welcome. How's your day going? My day is going great. I'm happy to be here. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. So I know an hour is going to go fast, and I know you have so much that you like to share. And so, and I would love to hear so much that you have going on because I know it's not easy um, trying to 
uh, empowers, especially the young adults. You know, they, they, they have their own mindset. They know what they want to do, and they don't need a grown folks interfering with what they want to do. So with that being said, let's jump in, and can I ask you, can you tell me a little bit about your experience growing up as a young girl? Oh, sure, absolutely. Uh, my experience was great uh, growing up as a young girl until it wasn't. And when it took a turn, I would say middle school. So I was raised by a single mother. Um, I was a latchkey kid because by the time I got to middle school, my mother was working full time and going to school in the evenings to further her education. She was working on her master's degree. So at around that time, I began to be very lonely. Um, I started getting bullied. But before that, I was smart. I was in all these clubs. I was in the glee club. I was in the honors club. I loved to swim. And, you know, everything was fine. It just seemed like as soon as I went to middle school, that's when everything turned around. So um, I started, you know, um, trying to fit in after being bullied because I didn't look like the other girls because I wasn't what you call, quote, unquote, fast. I was considered, quote, unquote, a nerd because I was into my schoolwork. I made all A's. I was very smart. But that was looked down upon. That was like, oh, uh, who does she think she is? Or, you know, she thinks she's better than us because she's getting these good grades. And look how she dresses. She doesn't wear the makeup. She doesn't wear her short skirt. She doesn't wear her hair down. She still has her hair in ponytails. So I thought in my little mind that, okay, if I can't beat them, I'll join them. And that'll stop them. And it absolutely did. I remember when I was in middle school, it was seventh through ninth grade. So I got bullied in the seventh grade, but then in the ninth grade, I'm sorry, in the eighth grade, I said, okay, I'm going to wear my short skirt. I'm going to wear my hair down. I'm going to dress like them. I'm going to even put on some makeup. And that's what I did. And I never will forget that first day of school that those girls who were, quote, unquote, the in crowd, they looked at me and as if, okay, she's one of us now. And it was a downhill spiral from there. Oh, wow. You know, it's interesting that, you know, well, sad to hear that you were bullied, but it's sad that bully, you know, because we're nerds or we're smart and we're intelligent, you know, we looked upon in a bad way instead of being a good thing. You know, it's like you're not down or you don't fit in. And so it puts a lot of pressure on a child, you know, trying to go to school and listen to the parent, be obedient, and try to get a good education where now your peers starts to pick on you because you're trying to do what they should be doing. And so, and then sometimes, like you said, instead of having that pressure put on you because you're trying to get a good education, instead we try to fit in to take off that pressure off of us because we don't want to be outcast. We don't want to be bullied. We don't want to be laughed at. So, um, and the sad thing about it, 
it still goes on. And, I, you know, I, you know, I was born in 69, but, you know, here it is, 2022, and the situation still happens, you know? It still happens. It still happens. So that's why I like to instill in, in, in girls that education is important. So um, more about my um, experience growing up. So that led me, I, as I said, it led me down a do, uh, downhill spiral. So by 16, I was pregnant. By 17, I had my first child. Um, so I was in the 12th grade. I was uh, had my daughter in August, which would have been, I would have graduated in June had I not been pregnant. However, um, I dropped out. So um, I went on to, um, you know, get my GED, which I, I remember me and some friends, and as I said before, I was a smart kid, so me and some friends, we went down to go take the GED test, and I passed it the first time, no prepping for it or anything. I, you know, I passed it, and they didn't. And so, I, you know, I went on to get an associate's degree, a bachelor's degree, and then finally a master's degree because I realized how important education was. And it was always in me. I just got distracted from my peers, by my peers. Wow. That's, you know, what well, congratulations on all your great achievement, you know. And unfortunately, it's sad that you were on the right path. But because of the peers, it turned you upside down. It turned you in a whole different path. And I can definitely relate about being teen pregnant because I was a teen parent as well. So I understand that, you know. But the beautiful thing about it, you still didn't lose you. You know what I'm saying? Like you said, education was number one, and you went back in your toolbox and you said, hey, wait a minute, hold up. Let me go back and get my education. Now that I have the responsibility of now another child that I got, a child that I got to take care of. That's good that you and your friend went down there and you passed it with flying colors, you know. So, ask your question. So, growing up, did you have anybody in your family that you looked up to that motivated you, inspired you? I know you mentioned your mother. You know, she was full time and master degree. Did she kind of do a lot of that inspire you for your education? She did inspire me for my education um, because I had always said, and, and it's not too late, I said I wanted to do better than her and, you know, get a doctor's degree because she has a master's degree. Oh. But I do not have that yet. However, like I said, it's not too late. But my um, grandmother was the person I looked up to the most because she just seemed to have it all together to me. She did, You know, she had had... Um, you know, been married until death do you part and raised four children, had a full career that she retired from with the local government. Um, She could cook like a chef. She could clean. So she was the one who I looked at up to as being the perfect woman in my eyesight. Wow, that you know what is all is always the grandmother, right? 
<laughs> and that's beautiful, you know, and that's, and, and that's good. And I'm glad that she had the solid foundation, you know. Unfortunately, everybody doesn't have a grandmother like that, you know what I mean? And that's good right. that you've seen the, the good quality in her and you admired her of all the gifts and all the talents that she had, and that's what you wanted because looking at your bio, I see that you kind of follow her footsteps. And that, and that recall that I, I'm reminded uh, Oprah Winfrey, same thing. You know, she wasn't raised by her mother. It was her grandmother that raised her. And I think it was, I think Oprah Winfrey started reading by the age of two and a half. And then she skipped kindergarten. And I think she went to first grade and then she skipped to the third grade. And so, you know, that grandmother, they, is that wisdom? Is that wisdom? I don't know what the ancestry. I'm not sure what it is, but same thing with me. It's somehow that grandmother will get a hold of you and you will grow and be inspired by her wisdom and her knowledge and everything that you've seen her do, you carry that with you. And that's a beautiful thing that you um, have have inspired by her to keep doing the things that you do. So with that being said, did you do a lot of volunteer community service to be where you at now by helping the youth? Oh, yes, yes. Well, I did a lot of volunteering in different um, oh, different organizations. Well, one thing, I always volunteered for the voting poll. I believe in voting. I believe in exercising your right to vote because we always we didn't always have that. An- another organization I volunteered for was a New Way of Life reentry project with Su- Susan Burton. And um, under that umbrella is All of Us or None. And um, Susan Burton herself was incarcerated so when she got out of prison, she vowed to help women who were coming out of prison. So she helped them get on their feet. She helped them um, get jobs, get their children back, get degrees, buy houses, or whatever they wanted to do. Um, another organization was the L.A. Black Workers Center that um, I uh, volunteered for, and the, that organization help to fight against discrimination amongst black workers. And so we would go to um, Sacramento and we would try to get um, initiatives um, through the system and to, to make sure that discrimination didn't happen. We would go to work sites like construction sites that the city or um, the county had hired people and see just how many black workers were there working. Um, another one that really um, changed my life was Sentinella Youth Services. So I was a mediator. I got certified through them as a, a youth mediator. And what what happened was um, there would be court cases, um, police cases, school cases. They would all give them those cases to Sentinella Youth Services and to be mediated. So, for instance, there may be someone who has shoplifted, and I would mediate between the youth and the um, a store representative and try to find out why, you know, why did they shoplift. A lot of times they had money in their pocket. It wasn't a need. I don't know if it was just risky behavior, the thrill of it. I don't know what it was, but I would mediate those cases or someone might have um, – throw graffiti on their neighbor's garage or something. It's like um, I would mediate between that youth and their, the homeowner and try to figure out why, and then we would 
come to some kind of agreement where they would do restitution. Either they would either um, have to pay a fee for that homeowner's garage to get painted or they would have to do some type of community service and um, to work off that, like, so to speak, work off that debt for what they had done. So that was really, really instrumental in um, me creating the organization because uh, that's when I found that, um, hey, I can help you. Mm-hmm. Well, you, well, you know what? That I mean, just volunteering, you know, and um, like I said, I can definitely relate to you as a teen mom because for me, that's when I started as well doing a lot of volunteer. And is it did, did something? What what actually sparked you to start volunteer? Was it because you were trying to set example for your child, or what? What what got you into doing volunteer at a young age? No, that was because I wanted to help people. I, it just seemed like um, I was fighting for the underdog. Whoever had, you know, had uh, trauma or had bad things happen in their life, and um, I just wanted to help them. So I just really had a urge to help those who, quote, unquote, seemed to be the underdog. Okay. And what age what age were you when you started doing the volunteer work? Oh, I started doing the volunteer work when I was um eighteen years old. Yeah. So with the voting polls and I'm sorry. No, no, no. Go ahead, no, no. I'm, no, I was I, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Go ahead. Okay, with the voting, I started very early, but with the other organizations, these are more recent. These were within the last six years, I would say, these uh, other organizations I mentioned. Uh-huh. Okay, so so 18 is when you started it with the voting and everything, mm-hmm. and you just kind of just mm-hmm. wanted to get out there and just started helping. Nothing kind of really inspired you to do that. It, just, it was just in your heart to just say, hey, let me just go and volunteer. Yes, yes, it was, and I, and not only that, um, the the ones that I've done in the last um, six years or so is when I retired from working. Those, okay, that's when I okay. stopped and you, with volunteering with those. Okay, okay, that's good. And you know, you mentioned Susan Burton. I heard a lot about her, and because I have been doing a lot of um, prison work as well, I've been I've been volunteer over in Chino at the woman prison probably about five or six years ago, and then now I'm over in the detention center area down in L.A., and so a lot of people um, are so inspired by her and helped her, I mean, inspired by her and the work that she do. So that's wonderful that you actually work side by side with the organization and so many other organizations, and that's good that you were you were a mediator. You became a certified mediator to understand the mindset or the pattern of the youth, you know, and so I heard you also mention by you being the mediator and had to resolve some issues or whatever, that has sparked you to start your nonprofit organization? Oh, absolutely, because that's when I realized that um, I can help the youth because the the things that they were doing were just really, I mean, they were seeking attention. I mean, it's no other explanation for you to go shoplift and you have a pocket full of money that you could have bought, or just a blouse, you know, 
you're seeking attention, you're reaching out, you need help, you want help, and this is your way of seeking it. So that's when I realized that, hey, I can help the youth. They don't have to go through this. They don't have to, you know. And then one of the things with the, say, a youth that um, had shoplifted forever, they have to, once they were 18, get this off their record. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I just felt that I need to help them so they won't even have to go through that to try to get this off their record. That's good. So, okay, so 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 you also helped them with the sponging. Like for those who did have something on their record, you helped it to get removed off their record as well as being a mediator? Not with the uh, Sentinella Youth Services, but that was done with uh, A New Way of Life, Reentry Project okay. and all of us are not. Uh-huh. Okay, okay. Well, thank, well, I want to say thank you for sharing the fact that you understand why the youth do what they do because, like you said, they seek it. I, I say they seek a love, but like you said, they seek an attention. They're not being recognized. They're not, they not, people not hearing them or not paying attention to them. And, you know, it's funny because uh, <laughs> I'm going to tell them myself, when I was young, <laughs> I used to do a little shoplifting, and I had money in my pocket as well. And so now you make me wonder, like, oh, was I seeking attention? Was I seeking love? I think it was just so easy to do, you know. I think we just did and when it closed, but maybe it was a little something deeper. But I have to look into right. that one. But but yeah. But, but thank you yeah. for sharing that. Yes. Um, and like you said, you know, our parents are so, uh, you know, back in the day, your parents are so busy. My mother was a nurse, and she used to always do double shifts, so she was always busy. And I had six brothers and sisters, so it's like, okay, you know, nobody's paying attention. There's nobody present, so you get to end up having an open door to do whatever, you know. And that's the same thing my son said. He said, Mom, you always work. Was nobody there? So, hey, I can do whatever I wanted to do, you know. And I was like, well, thank you for letting me understand that dynamic and that thing. That's probably what you noticed as well. Would you say the same? Oh, yes, absolutely. I, not only was I a latchkey kid, I was an only child. So I was there by myself. And you know what they say, idle time is the devil's workshop. So I had plenty of time, plenty of spare time to do whatever. So absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. You know, it was just recently my my son. My son is my youngest son is twenty seven, and my son, my son said, "Mom," he said, "I couldn't understand why sometimes you were nice to me, and then sometimes you were so hard and strict on me." He said, "I didn't realize you had to play both roles, mom and dad." I said, "Are you serious?" He said, "Yes, I didn't pay attention," and I kind of. It kind of hit me like, wow, you know, like, did you always think that mom was just being hard on you? But I wasn't. I said I had to play that disciplined role, you know, of making sure you stay in that line so you don't get out of line and do the bad things that the outside world is doing, you know. And so like you said, Absolutely. when the idle time, the devil, the, the devil started knocking on the door and you were like, oh, well, let me go get in some trouble. So growing up, my son did get in a lot of trouble, you know, but thank God that he's being obedient now and trying to do the right things, you know. So I know how it mm-hmm. is, you know, dealing with the youth. So, um, so, so, so when you um, when you started your organization, what was it that triggered you so so triggered you where you said you know what I got to go out here and save the lives of the youth with your experience and expertise? Was anything that really triggered it? Well, yeah, I would say the um, 
volunteering at Sentinel Youth Services and seeing the um, what the kids were doing that I just felt was just uncalled for. Just um, no reason to do that, especially like the shoplifting um, um, example of having money in your pocket or um, riding on spray painting your neighbor's house. Now, what is that all about, you know? And this person was not in the game or anything like that. So it's just a cry for help. And I and I said, I need to help. I need to go back. I need to be that mentor that I wish I had. I need um, to do that for young girls. And that's what sparked it, looking at these girls, um, you know, in this organization who had gotten in trouble and – I wanted to help, so that's what I went back. I reached back into my childhood and said, what did I need? What would have changed my path? And it would have been that mentor. It would have been the exposure to different things because once I um, got out of school, I didn't have, um, you know, extracurriculum activities. Like, that really helped. So I said, well, I will create this. So on the weekends, these young ladies can have something to do. They can have a sisterhood. I didn't have any sisters. I didn't have any friends at that at that particular time in my life. So I said, I'll create this. Um, our core values are sisterhood, integrity, leadership, and community. I wanted um, young girls to have integrity. I wanted them to do anything that they wouldn't feel comfortable people knowing about. So I taught, I teach about integrity and leadership, not being a follower, not thinking that, oh, if I join them, I'll be okay. No, you do what you should be doing. You get those good grades. Don't look at the people who aren't getting good grades because they're more popular or they seem like they have it going on, but I guarantee you if I looked at them now and I looked at me now, it would be a whole different story, right? So I wanted to create what I missed out in my team. Wonderful, wonderful. And, and that's normally how it works. You know, when I talk to a lot of other leaders in the community that does something, it's always something that we didn't have or something that we had to go through where now we turn or, internalize and transition ourselves to go back in the community and give back to the youth what we didn't have. Now, question for you. When you were doing a lot of the volunteering, you see a lot of youth getting in trouble. Was it balanced or was it more young girls? That's the reason why you went that direction or is it because you can relate to the young ladies? I know it's kind of like two questions in one. Well, yeah, I think it was more so young ladies than it was young men, what I was seeing at that particular time. And also I could relate. I don't I don't know what it was or I maybe it could have been that was just the cases that I was assigned. Maybe they were assigning, you know, the male cases to a male mentor. I don't know. Okay. But, um yeah, and I can also relate. I could see myself. Well, that's good. 
Okay, that is absolutely, and it is always better when you can relate because you can have a more uh, uh, internal experience because you know what they're going through because we are females. You know what I'm saying? And that's the same thing with me when I do my, you know, um, uh, when I go empower the woman in the prison, I can relate to the challenges and the issues that you're going through compared to dealing with a man. You know what I mean? Knowing that I had two boys I had to raise, but it's not the same. And so, and that's beautiful, and I'm glad to hear all the things that you're pouring into them, especially you're teaching them how to be leaders and not followers, you know, because we got a lot of people out there following everybody, but to stand out alone and know that you are somebody and you are unique in your own special way, that is beautiful that you're doing that, you know. Um, the actual question, was it challenging or is it still challenging for having to recruit young women into your program to keep them there? Or is it easy? Okay. Yes. Um, it is because, well, I have um, different programs. So I have the mentoring workshops, and then I have the Princess Leadership Academy, which the Princess Leadership Academy is a, a cohort. So it's the same group of girls, whereas the mentoring workshops, um, it, it will be different girls every time. It, or Some girls might stick with it, but... For the most part, um, it will be different girls every time because I'm doing the marketing um, to get the girls to come. Now, when the pandemic hit and we um, pivoted to um, Zoom workshops, that seemed to work out pretty well because um, it seemed to be like the same group of girls would be consistent. But um, the in-person when I would go to um, libraries or different venues to hold the workshops, recreation centers, and so forth. Um, I never knew who I would get, and I'd have to do the marketing myself through social media, through dropping off flyers at parks, libraries, schools, et cetera. So that is the biggest um, challenge in keeping the girls a part of the organization. Some of our other programs are the drill team, and, um, of course, you know, that's the same group of girls in the drill team. But if I um, start a new drill team, I mean, if we start practice for another um, parade that's coming up, the same girls may not want to be in it. They may be busy. They may be doing other things, and so I may have to recruit new girls. So, yeah, that, that is one of the challenges. Okay, and that makes sense. I totally understand. You know, sometimes when you're starting and, you know, you're trying to do everything, it makes it challenging, you know, for, you know, us as entrepreneurs trying to pour into other young people. So, so how long has it been since you started the organization? Okay, well, we actually had our first um, meet and greet in December of 2018, and then we uh, we – kicked off our workshop, and we kicked off with a field trip to the California Science Museum in January of 2019. Then we had a um, vision board workshop in January of 2019, and then we started having mentoring workshops every month after that. So, um, Oh, wow. That's, that's, okay, that's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Okay, and, and I know you said you mentioned travel. So do you and the young ladies travel, go to different cities or different events and stuff like that? 
Okay, well, the um, we had the field trip to the California Science Museum, but Purpose Youth Foundation has gone to two Ghana mission trips. We went earlier this year in March, and we're trying to make this an annual event. So this was our second time in March of this year, and um, we went last year in March. So we visit Kumasi and um, Accra, and we visit two different organizations. Now, the first year I went, collaborated with Ms. Shalia Benny, and she is um, she has Benny Girls Inc. It's another nonprofit, and she has um, she's an author and she's a podcast host. She's been on New York Times. Um, so um, we went and we provided um, school supplies and hygiene needs for girls over there. This year I went with um, Nakia Hannon, and she also um, she has a for-profit business called Hygiene First, and she provides, well, she started off with Perfectly Packaged You, which is a hygiene kit that she would provide to um young ladies, and to do workshops and talk about um, menstrual hygiene mainly, but hygiene overall. Um, and then so we collaborated and were able to get donations for 748 products, which included soap, deodorant, um, body wash, um, white, um, sanitary pads and take them over to the girls over there in Ghana. We went to the Kwame Nsumu, um University and we spoke there and gave hygiene products there. It was called My Period Campaign. And we also went to um, talk to the girls at Bridge to Africa Connection and gave them hygiene products and mentored them. So we're doing this every year, but um, we're in the works for next year, not to take girls over there yet, but to have a youth summit that Purpose Youth, in collaboration with Hygiene First, puts on. Eventually, that's what I would love to do. But I'm going to need um, sponsorship and donations to be able to take the girls over to Africa. Okay, wow. So I didn't know that you also do international. And, and so, so let me make sure I, I, make sure I heard you real clear. So for your 2022 um, that you went to Ghana, you were able to bring the girls there? No, I was able to um, take products over there to, to the girls okay. in the university. We were invited to speak at the university for the My Period campaign, and we took products over there to the girls who don't have access to those products like that. Got it. Okay, when so I, heard, get, I heard the girls, I wasn't sure, was it your girls or the girls that was over in Ghana? Okay, and so next the girl, year your goal is trying to see if you can take your girls over to Africa or even to Ghana if you're trying to do this annual thing? No. Next year we're planning a youth summit where Purpose Youth puts it on 
see, before we were invited by people in Africa to come to their youth summit and speak and bring the hygiene product. Mm-hmm. However, this okay. time we're okay. going to put on our own youth summit, um, Purpose Youth and Hygiene uh, First, and deliver hygiene products and speak. And then the following year, I hope to take girls to Ghana from Purpose Youth Organization. Got it. Okay. One. Okay. Wonderful. And so, and so, right now, when you do the international work, is that some of the things that they really need over there? Is pretty much a lot of hygiene kits. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. They don't have access to hygiene um, products like we do here. So yes, that is something they desperately need. Okay. So okay, and that's and that's kind of like the number one thing that they really need more of. Is what you're saying? Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. However, I okay. do, um, Purpose Youth Foundation does also, and all of this is on my website, PurposeYouthFoundation.org, but um, Purpose Youth Foundation also sponsors a lunch program for the children um, at a school called New Kuduruko Primary School, and it's in Ghana as well, so... Um, that is a need over there as well, food for the school children. Oh, wow, that's wonderful. Oh, so you, so mm-hmm. you're doing some wonderful things. That, that is beautiful. And now, and, and what, is, what, is, what is, when you go over and do the international work, what are some of the highlight things that you, that you notice that your organization is doing? Or just your, just your presence there, what is your highlight moment? of being just among the girls and helping them over there internationally? Okay. Well, it doesn't matter your um, economic condition. or Everybody is the same. And to see and, and go through the same struggles and, um, you know, to, to know that everybody's the same, they go through the same struggles, and they need the same thing, they need the same mentoring they need the same advice. They need the same attention. They go through bullying as well. Um, it's funny because um, a lot of people don't know this, but in Africa, the girls uh, keep their hair cut short. Their hair is cut short. And this is to avoid competition, right? Because mm-hmm. none of that hair mm-hmm. is long as mine and you think you're better than me and all of this kind of stuff, right? So one of the girls said, I said, well, did any of you get bullied? And one of the girls said, yes, she's gotten bullied because her hair was cut closer than the rest of the girls. Like the rest of the girls may have like an inch or half an inch, and hers was cut all the way to her scalp. So she got bullied for that because they said she looked like a boy. So it, that's just amazing that, you know, it doesn't even matter. It doesn't matter where you are, what your economic condition or whatever it is. We all go through the same thing, and we all need the same thing. Absolutely. We are all human beings, right? And we, 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 mm-hmm. and we require all these 
different things. So that's that's wonderful to hear. But thank you also for sharing the fact that why they keep their hair short, and it's so sad that they got to go through the bullying based on the length. You know, that's that's crazy. Right. But you know, if somebody got it's it's like somebody got to pick on somebody, right? We all can't just be the same and just enjoy life, right? So 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 right. what's your highlight moment here? You know, when you see, when you mentor into the girls with all your programs you're doing, what are some of the highlights that you are so proud of with these girls and you see the impact? Can you elaborate a little bit of that? Okay. Well, one of the things is the drill team. Okay, the drill team, I had no intention on ever starting a drill team. Um, I was in a drill team when I was a, a youth. However, I that wasn't on my radar. But someone just happened to send me an application for the um, MLK parade. So um, I said, "Oh, okay. Well, let me um, apply." <laughs> so I applied, and then of course the MLK parade got um, canceled last year because of the pandemic. But by the time it got canceled, I had already recruited coaches to train the girls and everything. So we were in full swing, ready to be in a parade. So um, we just so happened to find another parade, which was the um, Orange County Black History Parade that we were in this year. And then we were also in the Harfon Centennial Parade, which um, uh, we were were based in Harfon, so that was a highlight to, to be in the parade of the city that we're based in. and But just to see the girls come out of their shells, to see them, you know, be shy and timid and not really want to do the moves the way the other girls are doing them, and then just to come out and just shine and, and become, want to lead the pack, even the youngest of girls. And um, one time we were at rehearsal, and I just did an impromptu, um, hey, can you give a testimonial about why you joined Purpose Youth Foundation or what you like about it? And one of the girls, who one of the shyer girls, um, she just said, oh, um, Purpose Youth Foundation has made me um, come out of my shell. It has made, I used to be in my room and I didn't have anything to do, and I really enjoyed coming here. I met other girls, and now I have friends. I didn't have friends. And, you know, you could really just see her blossom just by coming to the drill team practice. So that was one of the highlights to me. And that was just impromptu. I didn't even know what she was going to say. I didn't know how she felt. But just to hear that testimonial, you know, was really great. Yes, man. That That is so beautiful, especially when you hear it from them and then you see them and you're like, wait a minute, who are these girls? You know, you was like, right. it, it makes you feel good. It makes you feel good. And it lets you know that, hey, keep doing what you're doing. Don't give up. I know sometimes, you know, it can be challenging. Like you said, you do all the marketing and the mentoring and everything. So that is wonderful to hear that you are building a confidence and you uplifting their self-esteem and you letting them stand out like the leader that they're supposed to be, and that is so great, and, and that is, that's, that's wonderful. So thank you again for all the work that you do. Like I said, I know it's not easy. And I know you uh, on your website you mentioned you have a lot of programs. So you mentioned that you have the mentor, the educational goal setting, time management, the career workshop, college ready. 
and financial literacy. Is there other workshops that you do as well of helping the woman to prepare to have a successful life? Yes, those are the workshops, but I um, don't personally do those workshops. I have what I call the best of the best, and these are facilitators who are experts in their field. And I'll give you some examples of some of the workshops that I've had. I've had uh, Mom and Me Paint and Sip for Mother's Day with Mo International Motivational Speaker, Jewel Diamond Taylor, who's also an author and founder of Women on the Grow. And I have had um, Keandra Jackson, who is a doctor of uh, marriage and family therapy. She's a television personality and author, and she's done decision-making. Um, and so we have um, um Certified financial planner, uh, Melody Perry, who's teaching the teens about stocks and home buying and just things that they don't learn in school. And and like I said, um, we've had uh, the hip-hop science guy. He taught about astrology. And we've had Sabrina Fisher-Reese, who's dubbed the Brave Queen back in the 90s and the owner of Brave by Sabrina talk about family life, but she's also had three daughters. She's an author, motivational speaker. We've had Chloe of Chloe Cares, who is a teen who owns a nonprofit, a teen philanthropist. She's put boreholes in bathrooms in Ghana. She's had television appearances. She's installed hygiene vending machines. And then Nakia Hannon, as I mentioned, went to Ghana with me earlier this year, the creator of Perfectly Packaged Juice. She does the hygiene kit workshop. She's even created hygiene vending machines, and she's placing those in school. So these women and men that I have as facilitators are phenomenal, and they are the best in their field, the best of the best. So, um I really pride myself. Um, I, you know, as when I worked for local government, I was a human resources manager when, when I retired. So I feel like I know how to pick, you know, the um, those who can really relate to the team and really make an impact in their lives. Well, that that is wonderful, and a lot of names that you have mentioned, I know a lot of them, and so yes, they are phenomenal. I think you might have to increase your uh, age. I know you said you work with youth adolescents from nine to nineteen. I think I need to join your your organization just to be a part of the workshops. It's phenomenal. That is so wonderful that you pour this type of quality into the girls, you know. And again, I just want to say thank you because um, they we, we all you know we all need it. Even if I when I was young, you know, it was it would be nice if we had this during our time. But unfortunately, due to the circumstances, we didn't have it. But at least the beautiful thing now that we can pour into the youth now. So I just commend you to continue keep doing the fabulous work that you're doing. And I have one suggestion for you. If you could suggest one important thing to the mothers or the fathers that have young daughters, what would you say that could help bring them both together? Okay. So I think you you need you definitely need to communicate with them. Communication is the key and don't just 
let them come home and do their chores and do their homework and then go in their room and go on social media and get on the phone or whatever they're going to do. You have to be involved in their life and spend quality time with them. And you need to expose them to different things because, like I said, in school, I was exposed to things, well, Back then when I went to school, they had things in school that they don't have now. I mean, we had music class. I played the violin. I had um, chorus. I learned how to sew. They had cooking classes, all of that. They don't have that anymore. But spend quality time with them and expose them to things. So when I had my daughters, I had them in everything I could possibly think of. They was in acting. They was in ballet. They was in sports. They were in dance extracurricular activity, keep um, with them to know what they're doing, to know what they're into, and then there will be no surprises, you know. So you just have to keep in their life, even though there comes time when your children, they don't even want to be with you. Like you might go to the movies. Like we had a, a routine where we would go to church, go out to eat, and go to the movies every Sunday. But then there comes a time where they don't even want to be with you no more, but you just keep that up. You have to keep that relationship with them and know what they're doing. That That is so true, and thank you for sharing that, you know. And because you mentioned all these workshops and all these beautiful, let me say beautiful workshops that you are providing for the youth, how do women or fathers who have daughters can reach out to you or find you so they can be a part of your organization, so they can have the, their daughters be a part of your organization? How do they find you? Okay, I can be found at, www.purposeyouthfoundation.org. And my email is info at purposeyouthfoundation.org. My phone number is 213-407-0648. So um, go on the website. There is a registration page there where you can register. I can even use volunteers if you want to register to facilitate a workshop or if a youth wants to sign up and be a member of Purpose Youth Foundation. It can all be found there in the registration page. Okay, well, thank you, thank you. And then also, you know, just for the audience to know, that um, there's a link as well, and the link is recorded. So if you wasn't able to get her information, you can always go back to that link and listen just to get her information. But like she said, Purpose Youth Foundation. And so one, I have another other question. Because the holidays coming up, do you have any events during the holidays for just, you know, young girls who don't have anything to do, like you said, don't want to be around a family or whatever? Or do you have anything during the holidays? Yes, we're gonna do we're gonna do another toy drive, um, well a toy giveaway for the holidays. Um the toy uh giveaway we did before the pandemic, I was with Project Access at that particular time, which was a um low income housing facility after school program. And the girls would um, come there, and that's where I would have the facilitators come, and they would have the workshop. So when we did the toy drive there, what I did was um, whoever came first, I gave them a number, 
and that's how they they could be the first one to pick after everyone was there. So we're planning on doing that again. I've also expanded to the San Bernardino area, so that's where that will take place um, this year. Okay. And, and, and how, now, since you mentioned about the San Bernardino uh, chapter, how many other chapters do you have? Do you have other locations that you host your workshops and your events at? No, it's just the two in uh, L.A. County and um, primarily Hawthorne and the San Bernardino County, primarily Victorville. So we're branching out. This is um, our second location, and we plan to branch out wherever we can. Okay. Okay. Wonderful. And now, now because you mentioned about a toy giveaway, how can we uh, send you toys? Do do you have an office we can go to, or do we mail you toys, or do we come to that facility, or the other the? How, how do we help to donate toys for the youth? Yes. Yes, you can you can donate the toys to the address that's listed on the website. So um, you can. You could either do either addresses listed on the website, and the, the one in Los Angeles area is 12700 South Inglewood Avenue, number 391, that's Hawthorne, California, 90251, or for the San Bernardino area, 16333 Green Tree Boulevard, that's two words, Number 2411, Victorville, California, 92393. Thank you for that. And then one last question. And now, regarding the toy drive, what did you notice the age range from compared to last year that you might need the most? The youth, the younger age, or the most teenagers? Um, teenagers, um, because it is so easy to um, provide gifts for the younger kids because they're more happier with, you know, more toys and whatnot. But the older kids, they either want um, things for their computer, things for their phone, or gift cards, you know. So I know one, I remember one girl, one teenage girl was so excited to get the, um, the ring light. So she can do her videos on her phone, you know, so things like that. Okay, okay, that's good. Okay. And now we get because we only have about five minutes left, um, what can we do to help your organization reach more young girls that need your support and guidance? Okay, just get the word out. Spread the word the word. Um you know, there were times when I first started the organization um, and I would use my own money and I, I, I'd hire these facilitators, facilitators, pay these facilitators, and then if the facilitator had a, pro, uh, a product, such as they were an author and they had a youth book, I would buy the book and give the book to the youth, you know, if they had a um, – like the hygiene kit, I would buy the hygiene kit and give it to the youth. That's how passionate I am about it. However, when there were times when hardly any girls wouldn't show up, I said, I can't believe this. I am paying for a facilitator. I'm paying for a facility. I am paying for the product to give to the girls. And 
No one wants this, and it's free. It's free to the community. So I need support in regard to spreading the word. And also, if you'd like to give a donation, you can give a, go to the website and give a donation. Well, thank you. I know everybody has heard that. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was giving no, no, no. This, I think you were done. Go ahead. Website address again. It was www.purposeyouthfoundation.org. Thank you, Ms. Lori, for all the work that you do. And, again, I just wanted this, for those who's listening, please reach out and help Ms. Lori with her organization so she can touch the hearts and the souls of so many other young girls that's reaching out for attention and love. And, Lori, is there any closing remarks that you would love to share since we only got, like, two more minutes before we have to wrap it up? Oh, yes. I, I, I love the affirmation that you gave. It was just perfect. And I would like to give an affirmation as well if there are any youth on the line or even um, young ladies, even gentlemen. Everybody can say the affirmation after I say, um, say it. You can repeat it. I am beautiful, powerful, and talented. I am perfect just the way I am. I am capable of so much. I am open and ready to learn. I have the power to change my life. Do not let my fears hold me back. I am an amazing person. Today is my day. Beautiful, beautiful. Thank you so much for that, Lori. And I know those will use those who's listening will use and benefit from your affirmation that you share. And so my closing remark is when I think of you, Lori, and those who pour it into other young people as leadership is taking it's all about taking the responsibility to empower someone to live a remarkable life so they can do the same for someone else in the future. And so with that being said, I just want to thank both my audience for listening and always being here every Thursday at Real Talk, Real People, Real Conversation with Charmaine. And I look forward to see you all next Thursday at 4 p.m. And again, Lori, thank you so much for the opportunity for me to speak to you and learn more about your organization. And with that being said, family, I just want to say good night and God bless and have a beautiful week until we meet up again. So thank you, Lori. Thank you for the opportunity. I really appreciate it and helping me get the word out. Thank you so much. And Dolly, have a blessed night. Thank you. You do the same. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye. Bye-bye.